Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Hour number two, live on the campus of St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, where we have very back-and-forth weather today. It was uh, spitting rain, cats and dogs this morning, wet, damp, overcast, all that nastiness. Then the sun came out for about an hour, and now we're getting a little overcast here once again. As we yeah, are. I hate it's, when it does that, man. Yeah, me too, you me too. It I mean, it's, it, was a nice, it was a little tease, honestly, Motsi. We know, were feeling on, good. We were feeling good out here, man. I had on my, my rain jacket earlier, you know, myself and our, our, our just uh, phenomenal producer, Zach, here. You know, our engineer on site, young Zachary. Uh, we got the table moved back and out from the rain I earlier and all these it. good I things. I had to put my hoodie back on. You Absolutely. know, you know. Reagan on the on the Steelers side of things, our fearless leader on the Steelers side of things, was saying, "Ah, oh, you guys can go up to the press box." And Zach and I said, "Oh no, we're staying down here in the elements." And when the sun came out about an hour ago, I think we felt you know vindicated in our decision. Absolutely, we did. And now it's going the opposite way. I might have to put that rain jacket back on, and we'll see if practice really is going to start here. Oh, in about fifty minutes or so as it is scheduled to do. Uh, but you never know. you gotta, you got to just take it as it comes out here in Latrobe. Steelers fans, without a doubt, showing up once again. Good crowd on hand. Not quite as crazy as yesterday, it looks like, but I think that was to be expected with the weather and with it being day two. I got to tell you, I imagine on Saturday, the first Saturday practice, uh, out here in Latrobe since 2019, expecting a uh, a pretty sizable crowd out here as well, too. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think Friday is going to be nice as well, just because you get the start of the weekend. Yeah. You, know, you think about most people, right? If they're saying we're going to make a weekend in Pittsburgh, we're going to make a weekend of Latrobe, this is like that day where like we got to get that last little bit of work in, and then we're going to hit the road. Then we're going to go ahead and take Friday off and really do it up. So that's what I'm anticipating as well, man. But Hopefully the weather is going to cooperate, or the weather does cooperate with us a little bit better for all those people that will be on the roads and being out yes. there ultimately on uh, the weekend. Yes, without a doubt. Uh, Motsi, we are going to reschedule our buddy Chris Carter, Mr. Carter Critiques himself, uh, to the weekend, I believe, to Saturday. We'll have Brian Backo on the show tomorrow, as we like to do on Man, Fridays. Man, so when you said the weekend, I thought you were talking about like, the singer. I was like, what, the weekend? We about to, all right, cool, let's get it in. But I'm with you, I'm with you. <laughs> he trying to put you in a worse mood, huh? 
You know what I mean? Like, hey, no. <laughs> but since, you know, since no Chris Carter in this segment, I thought we might have, uh, you know, we, we got some time here to address a good good tweet from Jeff here that I know you'll appreciate with your, with your background, with your football acumen. Jeff tweets us and says, you know, question for the fellas, how much should we be concerned with the depth at linebacker, both outside and inside? More so concerned with the depth at outside than yeah, at that's, inside. That's at inside, you know, too. you still have Robert Spillane who was splitting reps evenly with uh, Devin Bush and Miles Jack yesterday. You still have guys like Marcus Allen who saw time, started a game or two um, throughout these previous two seasons. You still got Ulysses Gilbert, the third inside. Buddy Johnson, can't forget Mark Robinson as well. Man, mm-hmm. you have a lot of, of guys, a lot of athletic guys in that inside linebacker group. They're just young and unproven. And that's the part where you rely heavily on your Miles Jack and Devin Bush and Robert Spillane to ultimately help educate those guys, teach those guys the way of being professionals. Yes. We can't say the same about outside linebacker, though. Right now, when you get past TJ and Alex Highsmith, the next guy with legitimate experience is Jannard Averett or Jannard Avery. And even with him, he's coming back and switching positions back to when he played his rookie year in the NFL. So it's not a ton of, you know, proven commodities Mm -hmm. behind our starting outside guys. So I would feel a little bit more concerned about them. But at the same time, I will say that, hey, this opens the door for a younger guy to make a name for himself. Nobody knew who Alex Highsmith was until he started to make plays. Nobody knew who Arthur Motes was. Until I started to make plays. You go down the list of all these different names of guys. James Harrison. Nobody knew who he was initially. But he had an opportunity and he started to make plays. So when we're talking about some of these younger guys, some of these unproven guys, those are the guys that we're thinking of. Those are the guys that we're going to say, hey, man, this is an opportunity for you to make a play. This is an opportunity for you to make a name for yourself. Derek Tuska, TD Moultrie. I know he had left a little bit early yesterday. Hopefully it's nothing significant. But you think about a Delonte Scott, a Tyree Johnson. Tyree, I mean, this is a dude that I, I really enjoyed, you know, his pass ability when you watch him on tape coming out of Texas A&M. The big question mark is, can you continue to develop in the pass coverage element, right? Because as a rusher, you have a plan, you have skill. But this is something that they didn't ask you to do a ton of. Can you do that? And how fast can you pick it up and do it at a quality level that we can trust you on game day? That we can say, hey, this guy deserves a helmet because if Alex gets tired, if TJ needs a breather, we can put him out there. Well, these are going to be those moments for them to make a name for themselves and ultimately prove that they should get those opportunities. So I look at it as a, a pro and a con. Yes, it on paper, it makes us all really uh, apprehensive and it probably makes us a little bit more anxious thinking about the what if. Hmm. But instead of focusing on the negative element of the what if, look at the positive, the, the, the potential for one of these guys to become a name, the potential for one of these guys to become Anthony Ciccolo. Think about him. He was another guy. No one really talked about him, made a name for himself out here. This is how it happens. You look at that roster and you say, hey, there is no solidified number three guy over here. Who wants it? Go get it. Yeah, yeah, no, and that is that is the opportunity that's here. And someone's got to to grasp that at the edge rusher position. I, I, I am completely on the same page as you in regards to this conversation. Middle middle linebacker depth, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's the best in the National Football League, 
But if you have Robert Spillane as, as your third guy and you have Buddy Johnson as your fourth guy, as you mentioned, Robinson and some other guys who are going to get some opportunity there, I, you know, I'm not panicking in a break glass in case of emergency type situation, right? Mm, not at you, all. We've seen Robert Spillane have success in this league. I don't think any of us think he's going to be a future All-Pro or Hall of Famer or anything like that, but he has a role to play on a roster in the NFL, and he has played it well at times in the past for the Steelers. To me, you know, he is – you and I make this joke from time to time, but it's so true. It's the Mike Tomlinism. Robert Spillane is the McDonald's number one. Doesn't matter if you're mm-hmm. in, if you're in Pittsburgh, if you're in Minnesota, if you're in Texas, if you're you in California, you could be in Belgium. It doesn't matter. If you're in Belgium <laughs> or you're in China doesn't or you're matter. in Rome, you could be the streets of Rome. You go to McDonald's and you know what you're getting. Number one, that's what Robert mm-hmm. Spillane is. There's no mystery there. He is what he is. He has a certain set of skills. I'm starting to describe him like he's Liam Neeson now. Uh, that, that you know what he brings to the roster and to the football team, and you're confident with that. I think there is potential for Buddy Johnson uh, to really start to carve out his role this season as well, too. You hope Miles Jack and Devin Bush stay healthy. I think we're all confident in Miles Jack, particularly with him having the full gambit of offseason programs to, to get acclimated and up to speed with the Steelers. And hopefully in return, uh, all these different things lead to an improved Devin Bush this season. We've talked about the defensive line. We've talked about Brian Flores, all those different things as they relate to Devin Bush and the potential for him to, uh, to make good here in the black and gold. Outside linebacker, though, oh, buddy, edge rusher if we want to be more precise for the way the Steelers play it. That, to me, is you obviously feel great about T.J. Watt, Defensive Player of the Year. Alex Highsmith took a nice step forward last season, handful of sacks, proved that he has some acumen in the run-stopping game as well, too. But, man, after that, it's it's a lot of unknown. It's a lot of question marks. And, and as you mentioned, that is exciting in a way. That's opportunity. And there are, I think, uh, plenty of guys capable here in camp that, that could emerge as a third and, and you know, really as well two fourth options at that edge rusher position. But as we stand here today, I don't know if you're standing, Motsi, as we sit here today on, <laughs> on Thursday, July 28th, um, I feel great about the starters there, but there's just a lot of questions, a lot of uneasiness. There is time for this all to shake out. I don't want to say too much time because, you know, you 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 got me right with that man, last year. Plenty of you can time, only say baby, plenty of time for so long time, man, before you look up it. and it's it's Labor Day and you're six days away hey, from hey, your first hey, game hey, of the year. Trading camp just started. Oh, we got plenty of time. Don't you worry your little worried, man. Don't you do that. We good. We do not have plenty of time, but we have some time. Okay, some, just some, not a lot, just some. But, yeah, that that is, you know, to me, one of the things that, um, you know, if, if you ask me, okay, we make it to August 18th, right, the last day of camp, camp breaks, what's, you know, what's the, the best case scenario look like for you, Wes? Well, number one, obviously, would be health, right? We want to see everybody get out of here healthy. That's that's always priority number one. But number two for me, Motsi, might be um, to see someone emerge at that edge rusher position. If, if we can get that here in the next mm-hmm. few weeks with a preseason game uh, on August 13th in there as well, too, that would go a long way, I think, to uh, to feeling to feeling great about this defense. I think we're all feeling good about this defense, but a couple more things coming together, uh, namely some depth there on the outside, might have us feeling great about this unit. No, I would agree with that, man. Um, that is one of the quote-unquote potential weaknesses of our defense right now is the depth at outside, and we're trying to figure out who is going to emerge, whether that be 
us having a guy in-house or potentially us having to go shopping and looking whether it be the waiver wire once other guys start to get released. Obviously, we know right before the season starts, they're going to do big uh, roster cut downs and stuff like that. But the Steelers, they're hoping that, man, one of these guys that they currently have here will make a name for themselves, will solidify themselves and be the new quote-unquote training camp darling. I mean, at one point, Tazar Skipper was that guy. And now he's going to get a chance to go back and see if he can solidify himself as that third outside guy. But yeah, the sooner we get that situated, the better we will all feel about this defense because if that's your weakest link right now, we're talking about the yeah, depth that's behind Yeah, that's a great point, Alex, too. That's a great point, too. I think we're good because we don't run a defense now where those guys rotate. Those guys, in terms of TJ and Alex, they're coming off the field, spot plays here and there to get blows and get breathers. As a whole, though, they're going to be playing 90% of those snaps, 85 90% of the snaps. So if that's their biggest concern is who's going to take over that last little 10 to 15%, mm-hmm. I think we're going to be all right. Yeah. We absolutely are, particularly again, health health element, you know, considered if if we're fortunate enough to to have geez, at least more more good fortune in that regard than the Steelers did yeah. last season. I mean In worst case we're gonna call you up out of retirement because we know you're still getting it in. Well, I am the half of this show with a decade of NFL experience, right? Well, yeah, and I still play pro I, I play ice hockey, pond hockey, excuse me. I'm a pond hockey guy. You know, but my feet do hurt. My calves always killing me afterwards, but I'm a pond hockey guy. So you're going to come out of retirement, man. You'll be that third rusher. We'll be good. It's all right. That sounds good to me. I mean, you, you know this. <laughs> I've told you before. I played uh, I played football through middle school in ninth grade, all right, before five, I uh, – Five, five. What up, five, five? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I, played, uh, I played football through middle school and in ninth grade, all right. I was a tight end and an outside linebacker. So a little acumen in getting, in getting after the know quarterback. I mean, you know what I'm know talking what about. Right? And you like peasy. You like peasy. That's all that matters. Come on, man. I did love Joey Porter. I thought I, I thought I, I thought I could beat Joey Porter. I don't know what happened to me there. I mean, I needed, I needed what? Probably about five or six more inches in height and a lot more well, muscles I, and athleticism. What, y'all, y'all got the same personality though, man. I love the competitive spirit, man. Y'all right. getters. The tarp still mm-hmm. on the field here at uh, at St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. The here is your uh, your daily update, Motsi. Chuck Knoll Field, the bleachers there. I would say about fifty percent full right now. All okay, right? okay, as, okay. As we and are, you got to remember too, it's still at about forty five minutes yeah, prior to the start of practice as well. Correct, and I think. Some people are anticipating that could be delayed a little bit. Um, we'll see how it all plays out. I'm, I haven't heard anything specific, uh, but the you know the tarp normally is off the field at this point because the yeah. guys would start trickling down here, uh, you know, in the in the next. And we 10, also have to take into so. account any type of lightning in the area. And as that's well. the big uh, kicker. That's yeah, the big even kicker. if you can't see it, and that's the other part. Like even if you don't see it, um, if I remember correctly, uh, I forgot how many miles of a radius. It's not. Is it? It's not thirty miles. It's a no, certain no, mile no, no, radius. No, 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 no. I think though. it's like ten. It's like, like ten, maybe five, five yeah, or ten. Five, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, if you're in that vicinity of it, if there's a lightning strike, they have to wait. I think it's like thirty minutes before anybody yes. can go back out there. Yes. So that's another thing. It's like the same thing that the, the guys pool, have to right? You know? Yeah, yeah. Same exact concept. <laughs> yeah. Except <laughs> it's a lot more money involved with this. You know? A lot, so yeah. It's like, a little bit more liability. <laughs> yeah. Got to got to be cautious, man, when it comes to those type of things, man. But either way, just have your patience because the one thing that we do know about Coach Tomlin is he does not cancel practice. Oh, they're getting that practice in. <laughs> If they if if they've got to wait until five o'clock for thunderstorms to clear out, they're yeah. getting that practice 
I, I learned that the hard way. You know, when I was in Buffalo, it could rain or, or thunderstorm, and we would be like, you know what, guys? We're going to the gym for the walkthrough day to day, and we'll be over there <laughs> celebrating. I come to Pittsburgh, and I'm under the assumption that, hey, we're going to have a walkthrough day. No, no, no. We're just going to sit in this locker for two hours, and then we're going to go out there and practice. And you're yeah. like, oh, my God. And that's got to be brutal, right? Like, just sitting around for oh, two hours because you're like, what, what can I do? Worse. You really can't that do much. That is way much. worse. Oh, my gosh. It's way worse. You would much rather be spending those two hours in your dorm room getting yeah. your feet up in the comforts of a room on a mattress, not sitting on a concrete slab in a locker room right, with shoulder pads or, or with football cleats. And you're just like, like Man, should, should I get should there? I get something to eat here or am I gonna be trotting right. out I there and running in twenty in? minutes? Do like I not <laughs> drink this much. Like all of that goes into its play, man. Yeah. Absolutely, man. We're gonna be we're gonna be keeping an eye on it. All right, I will do my best meteorologist impression here over the next forty five minutes while Mozi and I are still on air. I will be on hashtag tarp watch. All right, hey, as now. the big white tarp is still covering the three football fields here at St. Vincent. When we come back on the other side, it'll be time for our daily alumni visit here at the tent. Randy Grossman, he's a guy who knows a few things uh, about building Super Bowl winning teams, teams that started here at Latrobe and went on to capture Lombardi trophies. Uh, we'll talk to him about all that, how the times have changed, everything he's got going on now as we continue on the other side. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, ongoing coverage from Pittsburgh Steelers training camp 2022 on the campus of St. Vincent College. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR. When you want black and gold football talk, you want SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. If the weather holds out, we will have practice here live and in person in just about a half an hour, well, about 34 minutes from now if I want to be accurate. Shaquille O'Neal minutes from now. Practice will begin here on the campus of St. Vincent in Latrobe. It would be day number two, practice number two for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, overcast clouds rolling in, but again, thunder, right? Well, lightning, I guess, technically. Uh, what we're really looking for here, it looks like so far so good, but uh, the tarp still out on the field uh, for now. We'll keep you posted on what that looks like, what practice uh, if it could be delayed, anything like that, as we find out. Steeler Nation here in full force despite the weather. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes with you up until the top of the hour for uh, just a little bit more over a half an hour before we turn things over to Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson. They'll have the drive from 2 until 5. Motsy, these people out here, these Steeler Nation, these diehards, I tell you what, they are unfazed. I hardly see any umbrellas. In fact, if I can paint the picture for you here real quick, Motsy, there may or may not even be some dudes sitting on the hill on a blanket with their tarps off. And Ooh, I, okay. I, 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 I mean, shirtless, right? I'm hoping to uh, soak okay. up some sun rays here, but I don't know if they're going to get many behind these ominous clouds. But Steeler Nation, not afraid of the weather elements here a little bit. Of course, neither is Mike Tomlin. That's called AFC North football in his book. Uh, practice, again, we'll keep you posted if any changes here. For now, though, tarp's still on the field, so I don't think anything is imminent. What is imminent is about six minutes from now, Randy Grossman, former Steelers tight end, will join us here at our SNR tent. Motsi, speaking of tight ends, you know, I 
I'm excited to see what the Steelers can do this season with Pat Fryermuth and Zach Gentry. I think one thing, and, you know, again, we're talking about some of the things that you can deduce from these practice settings where there is no physicality, right? And we've talked a lot about how you want to see the athleticism pop and those different things. A couple of things I think you can look at, too, are, are, are maybe some concepts on offense, right? And, man, a, a lot of motion, a lot of pre-snap movement, even some, some dual motion, some double motion before some snaps yesterday from the Steelers. I think, and I could be wrong, listen, it wouldn't be the first time, but I think, as, as you know, we've made the, the joke this offseason that the offense now is going to be fully made in Matt Canada's image. Um, I think that the, the Steelers are going to have a lot of, of different sets where we're going to see Fryermuth and Gentry out there together. And obviously what those guys can do in the run game and in the pass game will be a huge part of that. But that was another one of the things that I kind of took away from yesterday is I think we're going to see a lot of two tight end sets from the Steelers at least maybe early on in the season while this offense tries to, to carve out that identity. Yeah, I mean, that goes in uh, hand with what we were seeing during OTAs and minicamp. If you think about it, though, on paper, it makes sense in terms of protecting your quarterbacks, protecting whoever that's going to be, whether it's Mitch Trubisky, Kenny, or even Mason Rudolph, right? You want to try to figure out ways to minimize their exposure to negativity. And by playing bigger body personnel groupings, tight ends, two of them, and also not being static. And what do I mean by static? Coming out the huddle and lining up exactly what you're going to be running. Hmm. Don't line up in three by one, meaning you got your three receivers on one side, one receiver on the back side. No. Start out in two by two and motion to it. Start out in three by one and shift the opposite and right. make the real three by one that you're looking for. Like all of those things, even though they're routine and mundane for the offense, what it does is a defense, it makes us have to communicate. It makes us have to make adjustments. It makes us have to hesitate. And when you're talking about football at the NFL level, all you're looking for is a split second. You're just looking for the slightest advantage. And that's what all that window dressing is that we're seeing right now. But this is only going to be, you know, made possible if Pat Frymuth and Zach Gentry play to their full potential. Sure. We don't have a lot of concerns about Pat. We know who he is. We think that we know he's ready to take that next step. Zach looks the part right now, and he definitely had a positive OTA and mini camp, and we definitely enjoyed yes. how he finished last season. But this is a different approach for both of those guys when you're talking about Pat coming into this season, and he is the number one tight end on the team. You talk about Zach Gentry coming into this season. He's not competing for his NFL livelihood. We're saying you're the number two tight end on this team. Those are different sets of expectations for both of those guys, and we're going to have to see how they uh, handle that and ultimately how productive they can be throughout that process because it is a different feeling. It's a different set of requirements mentally when you're asked to go out there and just be a guy versus when I'm asking you to go out there and be the guy. Yes. And that's what we're going to be seeing from both of those guys with the way that Matt Canada is wanting to implement his offense right now. Yeah, no, that I, I'm with you absolutely. You know, we we all believe that Pat Fryermuth can be the guy, and he showed flashes of that last season. You and I enjoyed what we saw from Zach Gentry as well, too. We got a chance to catch up with him during OTAs. Um, you know, it's funny, everyone talking about running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, right? And, and that was one of the things that we discussed with Zach, and he talked about how this offense – they want to be an elite running team. That's something he talked about. Mason Cole said that to us. Uh, James Daniels said that to us as well, too. But you know what? You, you see the leap in production 
in the pass game for Zach Gentry as well, right? Mm-hmm. His first two seasons in, in the black and gold, he had one reception in those two years. Last year, he had 19. I mean, that's a pretty substantial jump to go from, from one your rookie season, none your sophomore season, to 19 uh, in his third year. And to me, if, if they trust him enough, if he can be productive enough in that department that you can get that number maybe in the low 30s, Man, I think that that would do a lot for this offense, and, and that would open up the playbook in a lot of different ways. Oh, 100% it would. And that's ultimately what they're going to be trying to do because that helps them out. That helps this team be successful. But once again, we just got to see it happen, man. And we do feel like they're capable of it. Even during OTAs and minicamp, we saw them making plays. We saw them being able to do some of the things that they're going to be asked of, required to, and expected to do to an extent. But it is good to see that they've already done at least a small portion of that. Now we've got to continue to see them do it as the season gets closer and then ultimately once it gets here. Yeah, and, and that's what we're all waiting for. I'm, I'm looking now for Gentry. It's impressive, too. 77% catch percentage last year, too, in terms of you know the, the amount of times that he was targeted versus when he came up with the ball. Uh, nine yards per reception. That is, you know, that's considerable growth, obviously, from where he was his first two seasons. If oh, 100%. If Pat Fryermuth, uh, you know, takes a takes a step forward, um, if if Zach Gentry gets more comfortable and more ingrained in the passing game, that'll open up a lot, I think, for these guys. I think we are all confident that those two can accomplish what they need to in the run game. Uh, well, Pat and Fryermuth even when you think about Gentry, too. you also got to remember when Gentry came on and talked with us. One of the things he said was, "Man, my frame alone should help me become a better red zone target as well." And that's the other part of this thing. When you're talking about Gentry, that six, 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 seven frame, man, you can't forget that. That's a, a walking mismatch when you're yeah. talking about red no zone threats and things no like doubt. that. So that's another element for him that I'm definitely excited to see that growth. Yeah, and that is, you know, that's another like it, it feels like at times we're doing the redundancy thing, but I also know it, we have a we have a nice reset whenever we get to OTAs and minicamp, when we get to the the training camp, right? Where yeah, we have a lot of our loyal listeners who who rock and roll with us um, all the time, but we also pick up new listeners along the way. So while at times it feels like you and I are kind of regurgitating topics and being redundant in that regard, for for the majority of our listeners, it's the first time they're catching our opinions on these things. One of the things that you and I, I mean, geez, partner, it feels like for the last two or three off seasons, not just this one, that we've discussed is how the Steelers, they need to get more potent, they need to get more ruthless, they need to be better in the red zone. Uh, more touchdowns, less field goals, more success there in the to-be-named-at-Akershire-Field red zone. Um, you know, <laughs> to me, it's, I mean, ever since what it would have been, 2018 was A-B's last year with the Steelers. They have, they've struggled ever since 2019 in the red zone as we have an alarm going off here. Oh, no, I hope that's not a lightning alarm. Um, oh, no. But, but, but to, to me, there's, there's a, few, a few ways that they can, that they can accomplish um, getting better inside their opponent's 20, certainly. Uh, running the football better will help. Uh, play, you know, more playmaking on the outside will certainly help as well, too. But if they can attack that middle of the field with Pat Fryermuth, you know, maybe with, we, we saw Chase Claypool on day one yesterday lining up in the slot a, a lot. If you've got two bodies like that over the middle, the size of those guys, Fryermuth and, and Claypool, that to me seems like a potential way as well, too, to, to start to cut your teeth and, and have some more success and turn more, you know, threes into sevens in the red zone. 
Mm. And that's the name of the game, isn't it? Turning those threes into seven, because with the defense that we have, we don't need a ton of sevens. But if we can get a couple of them sevens each game, man, instead of those being threes with this defense, that's the way that we're trying to do it. We're trying to win those games, choking you out, slow pound, you know, and that's how you do it. But you got to be efficient in those red zone areas. You have to be able to turn those situations into touchdown scoring situations. And these tight ends are going to be huge elements of that, man. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And we have uh, we have a very uh, successful Steelers tight end who's making his way over to the tent right now. We're going to be joined by Randy. You talking about a four time Super Bowl I'm champion? You talking about, about one of those guys? Four time right? Super okay. Bowl champion. Okay. Yes. So this is the Steelers blitz with Arthur Motes and Wesley Euler. As we get all set here, we have Randy Grossman uh, getting ready to sit down with us, and we'll get him all set here with his with his headset and ready to go. Randy, how you doing, partner? Thanks for taking the time for us today. Excellent. Well, thanks for the invitation. Absolutely, absolutely. So I gotta ask, right? And I can I can hear Craig Wolfley's voice in the back of my head here. But <laughs> well, if it was Craig Wolfley's voice, he said he would be saying, "When do we eat?" <laughs> <laughs> we also have uh, Arthur Motes on on the on the headset as well too. He'll he'll be chiming in here in a second. But this this setting. You know, part of why everyone loves it out here is because it is familiar and it's been a staple of the Steelers organization, their summer home since the 60s. But it's changed a lot out here as well, too, since your, since your time has been. Sure. Well, yeah, absolutely. I was laughing as I was walking up here with Jack. I said, they're actually covering the field? <laughs> <laughs> I said, where's the mud going to be? <laughs> yeah, where do you I mean, do all the is, mud slides, right? Yeah, this is like for real here. <laughs> yeah, it's changed a ton. Um uh, actually, the thing that, that's that's the most curious to me um, is the fan access. Um, obviously, it's a long time ago now, but it was completely open, sure. and there was no activities. Um, but this, but the fans still came. Um, I mean, it's 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 a great experience out here to come out and uh, and experience it. It's uh, it's as good as a game day. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, and uh, Randy, um, Arthur Motes here. Just wanted to say, man, always a pleasure to get a chance to share the microphone with you. Um, but talking about your time at Latro, man, what's one of your favorite memories, man, when you start to think about the different years you were out there with the various teams and obviously the different players and personalities? What's one of those memories, though, that just sticks out to you as soon as you think about it? Well, you know, it's curious. The one's a funny thing, and the one's you know, serious for me. And I was sharing with some folks earlier that uh, when I got out here, the, you know, we stayed in the dorms, and the dorms were old-time dorms, <laughs> cinder block, un, no air conditioning, no AC. <laughs> dorms. And uh, um, I mean, the first thing everybody did was they, after the first practice, there was a Kmart down the road, and and everybody made a beeline to the, paymar- the Kmart to get box fans for the windows. I mean, it was miserable. It was hot. It was hot. <laughs> but the other thing, and, and, you'll, and you'll appreciate this in your experiences, that often it's not an experience that's in the limelight or something that uh, um, everybody might be aware of because it happened in a big game, a big catch. But, um, you know, being a free agent and uh, being undersized and, <laughs> and before the season getting cut supposedly every year, <laughs> That uh, after a couple of years here, my third year, um, I was beat up. You know, you get beat up during mm-hmm. training camp, even a good camp. I mean, you're beat up. So I'm pretty beat up. 
and I go out for a pass, and it was uh, out to the sideline. It was a bad, it was probably Bradshaw's only bad pass, but it was a bad pass, and I dive for this ball, and I catch the ball on the sideline, and I'm looking down the grass, and there's two feet right there, and, I'm, and I look, and I look up, and it's Noel, it's Chuck, he's standing there, and I look up to him, and I said, isn't competition great? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was the highlight of my career. I loved it. Nobody, I mean, it was great. Um, but it's, you know, when you're a player, it's you know, it's not always what's in the limelight. It's you know, the you know, the little things that you go through to to get where you are. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Oh, that's, I love it. That's a great story. So I got to ask. I just thought of this. You know, we've been fortunate enough. Um, all the years that I've been out here, you're, you're kind enough to, to sit down and, and do a segment with us out here at Latrobe or Heinz Field or wherever training camp may be. I've never thought of this before, but I, I see you wearing the Super Bowl ring there today. Of the four, is there one that stands out to you as your favorite? Was it the first? Was it the last? Was it maybe Super Bowl Ten, where you had the important touchdown catch late on? Uh, yeah. of, of the four Lombardis, is there one that stands out to you as the most memorable? Uh, well, the third one was was really special for me. Uh, we had some injuries. I was playing through the season, played through the game, um, and it, it was special for for a couple reasons. One, obviously, playing in the game, but as well, um, we had lost. Or we never thought it actually lost. We just ran out of time. <laughs> but uh, we you know, we hadn't gotten to the Super Bowl in the previous two years, and the first two years of my career here, we won both years. Sure. So it. Uh, it felt like this is the way we're going to do this every year yeah. right and my third year um we should have won also um but because of a couple bad breaks um we ended up not getting to the super bowl we were beat by the raiders which makes me puke every time i think about it <laughs> uh, but we had injuries and there's always a reason right but uh, uh we had a really really good team we were beat by the raiders raiders went on and won the super bowl that should have been our three peak um, so that's when the reality stick hit that, you know, this is not an automatic deal. Sure. Um, so coming back for the third one and winning it again was real special. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, now I like that. Now, Randy, we always hear the awesome stories about Chuck Nolan, what makes him special to the different players and things like that. But to you specifically, man, what was something that always stood out to you about Coach Noel, especially how he would run the training camps and things like that for you guys? Well, one of the things that, uh, and it was a primary thing from my perspective, that made Chuck such a special guy. There's, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to win. You know, there's, there's not just one way. Um, but for me, and for my time here with him, his method uh, teed up perfectly for what I needed. And, and I, I think um, it's because of his background in how he came up and where he came up from came up from not a power school in college, played for the Browns and was an undersized uh, offensive guard that basically was running plays in and out. He wasn't an all-star. Um, so from his perspective, uh, it wasn't what somebody looked like or somebody's reputation. It's what actually he saw on the film, what, what you did. Um, mm. He was not um, a great motivator, um, which isn't a knock on him. Basically, um, from a player standpoint, you had to come with your A game, and um, he he would recognize that, and that was, you know, that's all he wanted. He wanted performance, pure and simple. Um, you know, as a counterpoint, um, you know, Bill Cower, who followed him, was a great motivator. Um, so it's not as if there's you know one way to win. 
Um, but Chuck's, uh, Chuck's mindset uh, really teed up with what I needed, being a free agent, being undersized, um, that I was able to deliver, and that was all he wanted. That's great. That's great. Randy Grossman, four-time Super Bowl champion, kind enough to, uh, to give us some of his time here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, welcome back to Latrobe, and hopefully uh, you enjoy the rest of your day here. Okie dokie. Have fun. Go Steelers. <laughs> Go Steelers. Yes, well indeed. Yes, enjoy, indeed. Enjoy yourself. We're going to take our last break of the show here. We'll keep you posted on practice when we return. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. You're listening to the official voice of Black and Gold Nation, SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. The tarp is still on the field, and with practice being scheduled to start in 10 minutes, listen, I am not a, uh, I'm not Coach Tomlin, clearly, all right? But uh, I got to think we're going to be a little delayed for day number two, practice number two here on the campus of St. Vincent College. Now, we do have, to be fair, a few Steelers that have trickled out Motsi onto, like, the side artificial turf smaller field over here. Mm -hmm. So I guess that would be a sign that they're at least anticipating getting going here before too long. But the three big fields are still completely covered with tarps with um, – you know, like like tractors and stuff on top of them, four-wheelers and stuff on top of them, carts on top of them. So it's going to take them, I mean, I would think probably at least 10, 15 minutes uh, just to get those tarps off the field. So some of the players have started trickling down, warming up on the side and on the little ancillary uh, artificial turf field behind us. But the three main fields still covered as we sit here uh, about 10 minutes from the well, beginning and of I, practice. And I, I did want to throw this out there. Um in terms of the fourth field, in times past, it was the ancillary field. It was a field that necessarily wasn't of NFL caliber hmm. standards. So at times there was a safety element of why we would never want to go over there or why if we did, it was only for walkthroughs. I was just out there on that turf two weeks ago. That has been fully remodeled. I believe it's called the UPMC turf over there now. Okay. And it definitely is... <laughs> Of football NFL quality much, standards. Much, so much better be is what surprised. you're telling me. Yeah. So initially, so it was times in the past where, for example, if we were going over there, we kind of knew it would force the tempo to be slower. It would right. force Coach Tomlin to take his foot off the gas because it wasn't safe. Now that's not necessarily the case. Now, if they did legitimately want to go over there and operate business as usual, they could. It's just going to be crowded because obviously they're accustomed to having multiple football fields because of the 90 men out there. But in times in the past where they may go to a high school for inclement weather because of the turf element, now they don't have to do that anymore because that field is there. Just wanted to give you the heads up on that. That's why we love the inside of the savvy veteran Arthur Motes there. See, yeah. I'm upset that they did it, though, because as a veteran, we used to love that. We said, OK, we're going to at least You're like, all right, easy we're day go today. to this high school field. It's an easier day. We're good. Now, it was like, it's like, it's like so a two much. hour. It's like a two hour delay when you're in school, right? Yes. Yes. Like exactly. you're still it's having like, the thing, but it feels much but lighter. It's two hour delay. It, it's or early release day. You know what I mean? It's one of the other. <laughs> Uh, I can hear the crowd over on the hill. More Stillers walking down to the uh, the side field here. So maybe that will be, uh, at least for the start of practice, the uh, the way that things go here. A little crowded, but certainly able to get some work in. Uh, some of the fans here, Motsi, have started walking down to uh, said UPMC uh, turf field over here. So 
We'll see how that plays out with the fans as well, too, if, if the practice is just held over here, if people are moving and shaking, uh, or if they end up taking some of these tarps off the field, as it looks like huh? one of the tarps is coming off right now. So maybe we will just have practice on the far side of the field, and we'll see all these fans run and stampede over there. In the next few minutes, Motsi, in a few minutes from now, you and I are going to turn things over to Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson as the uh, members of the media are making their way here as well, too. But before uh, we do that, we always close down the show with some tweets, some questions, comments, concerns, and reactions from the people. And let's do that now. Lieutenant Dan's legs, Arthur Motsi's favorite tweet. Hey, that's my guy. Um, says that he he's really he's really you know entertaining. He really is starting to believe in the idea of trading Deontay Johnson. Um, he says, I just don't feel like with what the way the position is structured that you don't have to overpay for a wide receiver. The Steelers have a record of of drafting wideouts well. Um, and he said it's not personal. It's just I think the smartest business decision. I listen. I could certainly see why you why you feel that way. I just I don't know if the Steelers really have any interest in getting rid of Deontay Johnson for the twenty twenty two season. The Steelers aren't a better team without Deontay that's, Johnson. That's in exactly why. Yes. Regardless of what we say about George Pickens, George Pickens has not taken the NFL regular season snap just yet. George Pickens doesn't have a thousand yard receiving season just yet, or a season of Deontay Johnson's caliber just yet, or even a Pro Bowl caliber season. So I understand the excitement around him. And ever since we drafted him, that is where we hear more and more and more of this trade Deontay stuff. But you're a year too soon with that narrative. <laughs> if we're talking about next year, yeah, you move on from him if need be. Once you get a chance to see George for a full season. But to make that, you know, move and put those type of expectations on George right now, I just think that's a little bit premature for me, man. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I just, I don't know how you would rationalize that and, and say that the team got better. Yeah, man. Because because I, I, I don't think you can, and, and that's what we're all about as we as we sit here right now. Uh, Austin says he agrees with uh, Arthur Motes' assessment that Deontay Johnson is not the bad guy in this situation. We've seen this before with other players. You assume that he is, you know, he's out there, he's building his rapport um, and setting himself uh, you know, to be in lockstep with this young, talented offense. Um, and he says the corners are probably just happy he isn't putting them on skates out here in the trophy. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Steeler Nation 920. Oh, this is a good question. Uh, 920 wants to know, what would it look like? What would you guys consider a second-year jump for Isaiah Loudermilk? Oh, man, a second-year jump for him. Without getting tied up into the statistical element of it, man, I just think, number one, being more visible and impactful against the run. I think that as a pass rusher, he's going to continue to develop. I think that he's going to continue to show more there. But I want to see him take that next step where it becomes to look similar to Cam. Not Cam Hayward level, because we know what Cam does on a plan and plow basis. But think about when you see teams try to run at Cam. He is yeah. very disruptive. He has his offense lineman in the backfield, or he's in the backfield making the play. It is extremely difficult to run the ball at Cam, which is why most of the time it might start there, but it's designed to cut back, or they're running opposite of him. 
I want Loudermilk to start having a little bit more of that in his game. I think that that would be a tangible um, upgrade from his play last year to this year. And I think that that's also something that we would feel a lot more confident in going forward if we could see that from him as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think a lot of it is is just going to be, you know, not as much something that, that appears on a stat sheet, right, for for Isaiah Loudermilk. But I right. I do I do think it uh, usage will be you know a, a nice a nice part of that. Um, he certainly I think played more than any of us expected last season in his rookie year. Um, and yeah, the Steelers did trade to get him back into the fifth round, but you know he was still a fifth round pick. But um, you know Stephon Tuitt ends up not playing last season. Tyson Alualu goes down for the year in your first game of the season. That all of a sudden, um, you know, gets a requirement for a little bit bigger of a role for him. To me, if he looks the part out there in year number two, if we see his snap count numbers go up, right? I think that to me is a little more important than just, okay, well, when we get to the end of the season, what are his, you know, how many tackles did he have? How many sacks did he have type thing, right? I do think for him, there's there's some just usage and visual element of that as, as well, too. Like, if he, is, if he is out there getting a substantially more or even just a, more snaps than he got last season, I, I think that would tell you the, the staff and the team and the faith that they have in him. You know, because, again, there are there is a lot of unknown with that defensive line. Yeah, it definitely is, man. But this is that time of year, man. And Isaiah, we heard, remember we talked to him during the OTA time frame. He talked about how he went to improve on those elements, right? Being more yes. impactful against the run, but also just being a, a better and more consistent pass rusher. I think that both of those things can happen and we can see them happen, but it starts right out here in training camp. I want to see when they put those pads on for him in particular, the hand usage. Can you continue the hand uses that we saw you using during OTAs and minicamp yeah. once we put the pads on? Can you carry that over? And now when we're seeing the physical gifts that you have, can you put it together with the fundamental element that you've really honed and focused in on? Because to me, that's how you make that second year jump. It's not always a big body transformation of a guy sure. losing a ton of weight or putting on more muscle. It's the techniques, it's the fundamentals that the guys are more comfortable with. They're more understanding and more in tune to, and they just understand the overall significance of it. Because in college, you don't always have to be the most fundamentally sound. It's matchups that you go into where you just know, you hey, can just they don't have yeah. a guy on this roster that can handle me. And you find safety and security in that and comfort in that. At the NFL level, we're all the best of the best. We're all the 1% of the 1%. So with that being the case, what are you going to do to separate? And those, those guys that can understand that, those are the guys that understand the importance of fundamentals, hand placement, foot placement. You remember when I talked about a bad practice for veterans? It's like, hey, we're not talking about blowing assignments. We're talking about your foot being three inches too far to the right. <laughs> That's how us as veterans gauge a positive play versus a negative play. Not if I made this tackle and you're, you're applauding me on TV. I've had sacks that are negative plays because of what we did to get that sack. And it's like, man, right. we should have cleaned this part up right here a little bit better. Like, those are the ways that you know, when you're talking about making those jumps, that's how you do it. That's how you become hyper-focused on your craft. And you talk about having a game that travels, having a game that can age like fine wine. Cam Hayward. Cam isn't getting more athletic. 
No, <laughs> but he's so fundamentally sound. You're telling me he's not Benjamin keeps, Button? Right, but because he's so fundamentally sound, it keeps his game at a certain level. It keeps his floor at a certain level, and it just so happens that that level for Cam is what? All pro caliber. Yeah. So that's the beauty of it, but it all stems from the little minutia, the the minute details that most people overlook and that a lot of players overlook. The guys that understand that are the guys that are able to make this thing into a nice career. And hopefully Isaiah could be that next guy. Yeah, absolutely. 29% of the defensive snaps last year. That was uh, the, the percentage for Isaiah Loudermilk. 288 snaps. We will certainly keep an eye on that as the season goes along. Tarps still on the main field, but it looks like pretty much the entire team out on the, uh, you know, the smaller um, turf field as they are starting to do some different uh, stretches and workouts now. Uh, we'll see if they get back to the main fields, but that's going to do it today for Arthur Motes and I as we are uh, about ready to turn things over here for the drive with Matt Williamson, Dale Lally, and Tom Offerman today as well. So a big thank you to Arthur Motes, the best co-host in the business. Motesy, I can't wait to get you out here this weekend cousin let's go yeah 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 looking forward bow bow who me sure why not thanks to zach here <laughs> on site producing brian back in the studio and for randy grossman for joining us for our alumni interview folks don't go anywhere practice just getting underway who better to let you know what's happening than dale lolly and matt williamson you've got them for the next three hours we'll talk to you guys tomorrow as always at high noon and you know where to find us. It's on your 24-7, home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. When you want black and gold football talk, you want SNR. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.